Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hi there. I am so glad you're here. And welcome to this episode of She Coaches Coaches. Let me start by asking you if this sounds familiar. Do you spin in your thoughts? Do you decide and then reconsider and change your mind only to go back to what you chose the first time? It could sound something like this. Here's you, nervous and excited, getting ready for a practice coaching call with a new person. And you might be thinking, what do I say if they ask me how much I charge for coaching? Um, well, Jane charges 500 an hour. And Bobby charges $50 an hour. So I guess I could charge $100. After all, I am new. Oh, no, maybe I need a package. Oh, how many sessions would be the right number of sessions for my package? Six? Yeah, six. Okay, I am going to charge $600 for six sessions. That's it. Good. That's what I'll tell them. Oh, wait a minute. But I'm new. Maybe I should give a discount. I wonder if my coaching is worth that. After all, I'll get practice coaching. And I really am just a baby coach. Oh, maybe that's too much money. Okay, I'll give them a little bit of a discount. I'm going to offer $500 for six sessions. That's a good number. And on and on it goes. And, you know, you guys can hear me. I'm smiling because I know what that feels like, that second guessing, that spinning, that indecision, back and forth, deciding and then changing your mind, spending a ton of time and energy on this one decision. And this is only one of many decisions. This is only one of many decisions that you'll have to make as a new coach. 
back and forth. I have seen coaches second guess their decisions repeatedly. And in the end, they spend way more time making decisions than they are actually creating coaching clients. Decision-making is a skill and it feels like there's a lot on the line, right? We want it to be the right decision. Even though you've never been a coach before, or you're in a new chapter of your life, or you're doing something completely different. I've been thinking a lot about decision-making skills lately, and I know it can be uncomfortable. So over the next couple of episodes, we'll touch more on different things to do with decisioning. And in the meantime, this episode, we're going to talk about something called decision fatigue. It's very common and it negatively affects many of us. So it's worth learning about, and then you'll be able to grow and learn how to manage it. So today, I want to tell you that I experienced some of this decision fatigue when I was deciding the topic for this episode. Crazy, right? It's one of the things. It's one of the reasons I actually settled on the topic is because here I was experiencing decision fatigue too. I was back and forth. I started I was writing an an episode, and then I reconsidered, and then I came back to this one. Enough already, I said. I figured, since I, too, am still learning to make better decisions and stick with them, then I figure you are as well. So let's talk more about decision fatigue. We're going to talk about what it is and how it might show up in your life how you experience it, and the result of living with decision fatigue. Then we'll cover six ways that you can avoid or at least minimize it. So let's get started. Let's start with what is it? What is decision fatigue? We make hundreds of choices every day. What show do you want to watch? Do you want pizza or sushi? If you want pizza, where do you want to order it from? Delivery or pickup? What topics? What toppings? What size? It's true. The choices are endless, or at least they seem like it. Decision fatigue suggests that we have a finite amount of effective decision-making ability before this resource is depleted for the day. Think about how many decisions you make even before your day starts. Should I have another cup of coffee or grab one at Starbucks? You decide on Starbucks. Now you're at that drive-thru. What size? What flavor? What kind of coffee do I want? Hmm. Do I want a caramel macchiato or an Americano, two-thirds full with cream? Do I want whip? Almond milk? Huh. More questions. What should I make for breakfast for the kids? Do I want to eat breakfast? What would taste good? What have I got in the fridge? What should I wear today? What's even clean? Hmm. Do I need to do more laundry or do I need to take a trip to the cleaners? Have the kids done their homework? Have they packed their backpack for the day? And on and on it goes. Essentially, decision fatigue is that our ability to make the best choices run out at some time during the day. 
So what does it feel like? And how do you experience it? At times, you're going to feel overwhelmed or irritated, anxious, stressed, or just plain tired. Other times, you might just make a snap decision to get it off your plate. Any decision, just be done with it. Or you might delegate the decision to somebody else. It might sound like this, whatever, whatever you want, go for it. That's fine. How do you know when you're experiencing decision fatigue? It's not always easy to know, but here are some ways it might show up in your life. When you're procrastinating and you say to yourself, ah, I'll do it later. When you've got a decrease in willpower or you notice that you're being impulsive, might sound like this. Oh, whatever. Supersize the fries. Sure. Or when you're trying to avoid something, I just can't deal with that right now. In other words, when you feel overloaded, you start to withdraw or even shut down. What's the result of decision fatigue? There are three common general results. They are poor choices. Did you supersize those fries when you'd planned to have a salad? Or spinning in indecision, second guessing. It might be that you get stuck in this indecision spot. You make a fast decision, then you spend more time and energy second guessing yourself, just like that example at the start of this episode. Then you change your mind and bounce back and forth, back and forth between all the different options. It's like watching a game of ping pong as your mind bounces around. And the third result is decrease in productivity. When you can't decide what to do or how it even needs to be done, and you just can't muster up the energy to make it start or to keep it going. Now, let's talk about six ways you can avoid decision fatigue. The first is be aware. Start by being self-aware and clear on how you're thinking and feeling. This is always going to be one of the top things on the list. If you're tired, frustrated, hungry, got low blood sugar, you're thirsty, then more than likely, you're not going to make your best decisions, right? Number two, intentionally decrease your choices by reducing your options. So what does that look like? Here are some examples of ways that you could approach this. Create and wear a uniform. Now, I say that uniform with quotation marks. If dressing is one of the ways that you creatively express yourself, don't shut that down. However, on days when you know there's going to be lots on the go and you want to just get stuff done, lean on a capsule wardrobe or use outfit formulas to minimize your decisions. Steve Jobs was one of those that was famous for doing this with his black turtleneck and jeans. So was Barack Obama. Now, my go-to when I was in corporate, I used to wear a lot of dresses. They always look good. They're easy to put on and go. Less pieces, less choices. Another is to think how convenient it is when your kids have to wear a school uniform. 
you don't need to decide. They don't need to decide what to wear today. That decision has already been made for them. Another way is to eat the same breakfast every morning. Decide what makes you feel good and energized and just make it a habit. Every morning, I eat pretty much the same thing. Yep, it might seem boring, but you know what? It makes me feel good. It gives me energy and I have energy for a long time throughout the morning. It is grated zucchini with sun-dried tomatoes, and I fry it up in a frying pan with a bunch of egg white in a scramble. I add a little bit of avocado for some healthy fat, and that's it. I don't have time to think or choose what if I've got the right ingredients. If it's time for breakfast, I've got that one go-to thing that makes it easy. Another way to reduce your choices, if you do that morning coffee run, order the same thing on the app every single morning before you head out. Don't waste your decision-making energy on deciding what size or flavor of coffee to order. Number three, set up routines. If every morning you like to do a few things to get your day started, create a routine for it. So instead of choosing what you feel like doing every morning and having it different every morning, you could be saying things to yourself like, ah, do I want to do yoga this morning? Hmm. Or maybe I'll just drink some coffee and read a book before I start getting ready for the day. Instead, choose a routine, decide in advance and lock it in. Then you don't have to think or decide each and every morning whether you feel like doing yoga or you feel like doing journaling. Every morning, I drink a cup of coffee, I meditate, and I journal before the start of my day. Then when I get up and I'm ready for the day, I don't even have to think about it because I've already chosen. You know, when I think of routines, I can see that there is some limited value in following that 1960s homemaker persona too. When you think to what those kinds of homemakers would be, they were like professional homemakers, and they might have created routines. Some like this, you might find useful even now. For example, plan your lunches and dinners for the week. Once a week, make all the meal choices. Is Thursday going to be taco night? Great. If Tuesday is going to be salad night, super. Maybe you put a slow cooker meal on Sunday, and now you've got meals for a couple of nights. Another approach, grocery shopping in one day of the week only. Not run into the grocery store five or six times a week, just once. Or even better, take advantage of grocery delivery or meal prep kit delivery. How much of your life could you make into a routine so you don't have to decide What's for dinner tonight every single afternoon? Take that off your plate. Number four, make your important decisions early in the day. So work on that important stuff first. Make your choices when you've got energy. New coaches, this is the time for you to make decisions about your practice when you're fresh. I know there are what seems like endless decisions when you're starting out. Do I want a Facebook group? 
What social media platform will I go on? Do I want to blog? Why is this a best option for you? All of those choices. Ask yourself, why is this the best option for me? What will I do to create clients? What kind of networking do I choose? When faced with a decision, think about what you like and don't like. Consider how you like to spend your time and how you like to interact with people. Keep in mind your style and skills. In other words, consider your options, think about them. And once you've decided on that what, I'll decide why you like that option and make sure it fits your style and personality. Decide early in the day. And then once you've made that decision, we're at number five, stick with it. Once you make your decision, decide why you like it, why you've chosen it, and then don't go back and second guess. Yeah, I know this takes some discipline, but I know you can do it. Sticking with your decision is a new habit, and I have found it so helpful. I'll tell myself, oh, no, 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 Candy, uh, you've already made that decision. You decided you're going to do a podcast episode every single week. That's just what we do. It's not up for grabs. It's not a new decision every single week. Every single week, I come on here and I speak to you guys. Sticking with it, learning how to decide, practicing liking the decision that you've made, and then building that diligence is going to free you up to do so much more. Number six, minimize your inputs. It's the same as saying limit your focus. So what do I mean by this? I'm talking directly to you new coaches here. Minimize how many people you give your attention to. I regularly go into my email inbox and unsubscribe from newsletters that no longer resonate with me. Reduce your time on social media. You can even delete the apps off your phone so you don't jump on there automatically and start scrolling. Decide on one or two mentors that you're going to follow and learn from them. Understand there are lots, and that's in capitals, lots of ways to create clients and lots of ways to create a successful coaching business. So that means there are hundreds or even thousands of people vying for your attention. They want to tell you their way. And yeah, I'm sure it worked for them, but you don't need to spend your energy choosing to watch this masterclass or deciding to buy this small program, or electing whether to sign up for this other person's video challenge. Choose your mentor, your guide, and stick with them. So that's it. I so appreciate that you're here as part of my community, and I hope you're applying all this stuff too. I hope that these practical podcast episodes help you, and they support you as you become a coach and as you create clients. Now, if you want more help, maybe you really resonate with how I speak and what I share, and you want to work with me, then we should talk. So if that sounds like you, and you want to make faster progress, you're eager to get your first paying clients, and you want my help along the way, click the link in the episode notes to book a call. 
we'll chat, we'll decide if we're ready to work together. All right, that's it for today, guys. I am so appreciative that you're here, that you spend your time with me, and I'll be back to talk with you again next week. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.